The opinions and views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Orange County, are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now, on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone of truth, telling you what really goes on here in Orange County with the political scene. All of you out there should have no fear, no doubt, and no worries. Because every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m., Cameron Jackson is here for you. Protecting you from the evils of Michael Schroeder and Susan Kang Schroeder and Beth Crom and Larry Agron. Join me. Bam, baby. Welcome to the show. I am Cameron Jackson. This is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, the greatest radio station in all of Orange County. And I am the greatest radio talk show host in all of Orange County as well, if you did not know that. Now you do. So, uh, got a great show for you once again this Friday, every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on this glorious station. And I uh, got a great guest today. Before I get to that, let's do some of our house cleaning as we always do here on the show. If you're just joining us and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your vehicle, you can do so by going to KUCI.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner, get your streaming audio that way. Also... If uh, you want to listen to past shows of mine or see future uh, events that are coming up, future guests or current guests that I might have right now, uh, go to my website. That is theocshow.net, theocshow.net, and uh, you can listen to past shows. Last week on the show, I had uh, Irvine City Council candidate, uh, Shiva Farvar on the show. That is up for your listening pleasure. The week before that, uh, I think I had Supervisor John Morlock, and the week prior to that was uh, Irvine City Council candidate Jeff Lalloway. Now today in studio with me, I have another Irvine City, uh, actually not a council candidate, this is a city mayor 
candidate here. I'm trying to cover all of the candidates in Irvine this election cycle. His name is Christopher Gonzalez. Christopher, how are you today? I'm very good. Thank you for having me, Cameron. Well, thank you for uh, coming in studio here on this uh, lovely Friday evening. It's very hot outside today, and I guess summer is going to show up in October now, uh, (laughs) since it escaped us all the rest of the months prior. So you're running for mayor. You, uh, you've been a resident here in Irvine for how long now? About 30 years. 30 years. That's a long time. Very long time. Yes, I uh, grew up here, went to Irvine High, worked at Irvine Ace Hardware. Used to be the guy in the red vest helping out all my neighbors. Is that the one that's out of, out of business now? Yeah, yes. Oh, it's bummer. a sad day. In fact, we're having a party tonight, 6.30, Lampost Pizza. Come down and visit us and uh, you know, say goodbye and thanks for all the hard, hard work and efforts and all the time in. Scott Foley is the owner there, and uh, I was one of his first managers. Why did he go out of business? He's complaining about uh, government regulations. What do you think of that? Really? A big surprise, huh? Wow. Yeah, all these new taxes and... and Who would have thunk, huh? Yeah, yeah. Obamacare sunk them early. uh, Unimaginable, yes. Wow. So you you lived here 30 years, grew up here in Irvine. Um, You've actually had some experience... Uh, with working with this or working with or maybe against the city council, whichever way you want to look at it, um, we talked about this before the show, but I found it to be very interesting there 's something with a war memorial that you were trying to work with the city council on for how many years now and what what is that all about oh numerous years that was kind of a, a grassroots thing that developed uh, after we went into Iraq uh, Andy Selenko, an, a resident of Northwood and also asher i can 't remember his last name. They kind of uh, started a, a, a memorial that we would do in honor of, of the fallen, uh, fallen individuals uh, for, you know, for the United States. And it, it was wonderful. We'd get the community together. We'd play taps every night. We'd get some of the, the parents from some of the fallen soldiers, like uh, the Takamuras. They were, they were great. Their son, uh, he was a medic, and he was, he was shot as he was going to go take, take care of some of our injured soldiers. And we'd all come there, and they'd have we'd have signposts of and pictures of all the different uh, individuals who gave their life, and uh, we did this for numerous years. And uh, after a few years, we wanted to make a permanent memorial for for these fallen soldiers, for our great great uh, servants. And uh, the city council, the majority, just really resisted us for, for numerous uh, numerous years. It was very difficult. I remember in particular one time I went uh, and spoke with Beth Crom when she was in the mayor in her office and pretty much, you know, begging her uh, to, you know, let's fund this. Let's make it happen because it wasn't a lot of money that we needed at that time. I think we needed a $200,000, $250,000 to complete this program. And as you've probably seen, the city is very good at spending money, especially when we look at some of the waste that they've done at the Great Park, you know, where we're spending $230 million for a carousel and a balloon. But we were looking for 200000 I believe, was the number at that time. And uh, we just wanted to have a permanent memorial with the names of every fallen soldier and uh, that we could honor them for the rest of our lives. And it was had, we wanted it at that spot because that's where the community would come when we had the temporary memorial to come and honor those folks. And, and where is that spot? It's uh, Northwood, Northwood Park. We were talking about changing the name of the park to Northwood Memorial Park. And it's on Bryan and Yale, right at the intersection there. If you go by there now, you're going to see some construction. They've got a modified version of the initial layout plans that we had hoped to build. 
which was a kind of a little bigger structure. I think it was a little more solemn structure. And so um, there is something in, you know, in, in construction now. And who actually, uh, who finally gave the blessing on that, so to speak? Uh, the, the majority finally, you know, uh, gave their approval. I don't, you know, they, they, they knew that they looked bad in, in not agreeing to do that. So we're moving forward, and that's good. All right, fair enough. So now you're running for mayor. What's the catalyst for this? Why are you running for mayor? Well, I was running for mayor because, um, you know, my, from my experience in dealing with the current majority in council is I've always felt that they're not really responsive to, to the citizenship. To the citizens, when individuals come there with a request, or if they come in response to an invitation by the city for information or for uh, opinions about how things should be created and dealt with, the city just kind of blows us off. They just they kind of you kind of listen to us, and they're not they're really not responsive. And then with our current majority, it's you know it's just amazing how arrogant they come across because they really don't listen to anybody because they know they can do whatever they want when they want. They have those three votes. They've had them for a long time. Uh, we're probably, you know, going on a decade of this kind of control. And um, they always vote together, unanimous. And it's like it doesn't matter what, what the rest of uh, Irvine would like and needs. It's just what they want to do. And it's very upsetting. Uh, if you're just joining us, my guest today is Christopher Gonzalez. He is running for the mayor of Irvine. He is a candidate th- at this point. Uh, Christopher, um, what are your thoughts then, if you were elected, what's kind of your vision for the city? What do you? What would be your top three priorities should you get elected? Well, my top my top priority is to make our city more open and transparent where we're working for the good of the city. I don't feel that the current majority, led by Larry Agran, supported by Suki, Suki King, my opponent, uh, really have that aim in mind. I think that they're, they're situated and working and trying to continue with this vision that Larry has that is not always to the best interest of, of the city and its residents. I think there's a lot of uh, benefit that they get from working with the different uh, contractors and individuals with the, with the great park and for different city interests and because they benefit from some of the some of the returns that you know come from that i don't think i don't i'm not always sure that 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 their best interests their interests are for the best of the city do you have any kind of um plan that you've proposed as far as reducing wasteful spending, reducing, uh, I, mean, I mean, for the most part, Irvine runs pretty smoothly, I have to say. Uh, business tax is very low. It's like $50 a year because I have a business here in Irvine, so I'm pleased with that. Are you going to keep things like that? Uh, you say you want to be more transparent. Where do you, I mean, we all know there's a transparency problem at City Hall, but I hear that from every candidate, and then every candidate, once they get into into power, the transparency thing seems to fall to the wayside. Um, are, have you made some sort of a pledge on your website, or are you telling this to, to multiple people, everybody you talk to, that transparency is going to be something that you're going to do? I mean, are you going to, will you open the books and do a real audit if you were elected? Yes, I'd love to have, to do a real audit. That's one of the things that current majority does not want to do. There has been a lot of effort to get them to do a full audit on the Great Park, 
Uh, in fact, you know, Christina Shea and Dr. Choi have kind of led the charge on that. Uh, they, you know, they don't want to do that. There's been some allegations or assertions that there may be some fraud because of this failure to to uh, turn over the, the audit or to do a full audit. So we'd like to see that. But really, what you know, I, I want to be as open and clear. Everything that we do uh, on the council, I want the public to be involved. I, I want to have independent thought on the board. like to see the five council members that are on there think for themselves for what's good for, for the city of Irvine, not this the the three always voting together uh, regardless of you know whether it's good or bad for the city it seems now what about uh there was an article in the voice of oc not too long ago um asking and this is um this is kind of horse race stuff but i like to talk about it every now and then uh because it is interesting but why is there not a slate between you lynn shot and jeff lalloway well, we're working on that. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to get together and and get I, the best conservative I, views I, out there. I, I don't understand that when you say we're working on it. I mean, we're, it's it's almost October. You know, uh, when it, when are we? Is it going to happen? Is it not? Because of, when's the election? Like the first week in November. Uh, that's uh, correct. Wait. We're voting on November second, so please vote for <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Gonzalez, Lynn Shot, and, and Jeff Lalloway. Yeah, I, I I mean I I can't disagree with that, but but is there is something going to come together because time is of the essence here. Yes, yeah, so we're moving uh we're we're moving we're meeting frequently to see what where we can work together. We we all each have our independent campaigns, so we're trying to pull resources. We know that a united front, we you know, we can do we can be more effective in our campaigning. We like to pull some resources, get some uh mutual flyers out and do some fundraisers together. We're talking about doing something in mid-October with Dr. Choi kind of leading that. Dr. Choi and Christina Shea, they're both endorsing us uh, for, this, for this effort. And so, uh, you know, and frequently um, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're working together. I, I work very well with both of the, the other two candidates. So we're, we're hoping that we can just pull our resources soon. What are, you, what are your thoughts on programs that we have here in Irvine, like the iShuttle and the Great Park? Give me, give me some of your thoughts first on the iShuttle. Is that something we should continue here in Irvine, or should we uh, move that back over to the uh, OCTA's yeah. business? Uh, yeah, this is one of the frustrations I have with the city, is, is these choices that the majority makes, including our, our current mayor, Suki Kang, that just kind of, you just shake your head and go, what's going on? What are they thinking? What is wrong with them? This ice shuttle, you know, we spend about $1.9 million a year for this, okay? And basically what it does, it brings in, um, you know, brings in people for, to, to come to work here, um, brings in non-residents into the city of Irvine. And um, what's so troubling about this is that this is funded by Irvine taxpayer, taxpayer money, but it really doesn't help or assist the Irvine citizen, now, if the shuttle would pick up seniors you know, like from the groves or from the meadows and took them to the Spectrum or took them to the Irvine Medical Clinic or Hogue, I, I'd love that. You know, that, that's a good program. Or if it picked up our kids and got them, got them home or to, you know, a, 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 you know to, to like to the swimming centers or something like that. Now, that's a good use of our, 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 our resources. I am told that it costs, if you break down the cost, we are paying about $700 per rider. And that's because there's such low use of this particular shuttle, 
okay? And a lot of times that shuttle is following the same path as the OCTA. So it makes no sense for us to be supporting this particular program. That's one of the areas where we can save some money, $1.9 million that we could save and divert that and use that for the public schools. Our public schools, you know, our mayor is saying, yeah, they're doing a great job in supporting the public schools. They're not. We got a $20 million deficit that the schools are fighting. So there goes our art programs, our history programs. There goes some of these after-school activities that, they're not, that our schools are not going to be able to fund. And everybody in this city knows that what makes Irvine so attractive is the great schools. I know. I'm a benefit of that. Having gone through... Uh, the Unified School District, the Irvine Unified School District, district as, um, you know, as a graduate of Irvine High, that allowed me to come to here, UCI, this great school where I was a double major, and I excelled here because that was because I, was, I got good formation and training from the public school in Irvine. That was one of the main reasons my father moved us from Cerritos, L.A. Unified, to, to you know, Irvine Unified. We've got to help our schools. This is one area where we can do it. I'm also told that in our current budget, we could easily trim somewhere between 5 and $30 million that's being spent poorly. Jeff Lalloway is very good about identifying that. He's on the finance committee. He says we could do that comfortably. Well, there's $30 million that we can now use to support our public schools. In addition, the police department have been asking for a five five hundred thousand dollars increase for some of the resources that 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 they need that they want that they feel is very important and i would love to support the irvine police association and the irvine police department with that money but the current majority doesn't want to do that in fact it was so bad just recently you saw the police officer picketing on the streets of irvine why is that? Because the Irvine majority does not listen to its people, does not listen to its community, and it talks tough, but it's not really putting up. They need to listen closely and do something. So that is why you need to vote for Christopher Gonzalez, Lynn Schott, and Jeff Lalloway, the conservative voices, the people that really care and can manage the money and make this a better city. And I'm sorry I got carried away there. No, <laughs> I like that. It's a very impassioned. I, I, uh, I appreciate that. If, you, if you're just joining us, you are listening to The O.C. Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, your faithful host. Uh, my guest today is Irvine City Mayor Candidate Christopher Gonzalez. Uh, Christopher, speaking of the schools, uh, one of the things that Larry Agron and crew put on to the measures for us citizens to uh, vote on, uh, and this is basically a... a, a election cycle ploy that Larry and crew does every election cycle. Uh, and what it is is they put a measure on. Last time it was the secrecy measure and the do we like the job that they're doing on the Great Park measure. Those were on the last election cycle. This election cycle they have a $1 million challenge grant that they want the uh, public to vote on for the schools. Um, Two-part question as far as that is concerned. Number one, um, Larry uses these measures in order to get his independent expenditures uh, uh, funneled into his slate mailers and whatnot. If you become mayor, is that something you will either um, create a policy or a law to prevent in the city of Irvine or, two, something that you just won't do in the city of Irvine? And number two, uh, do you agree that we need to have a million-dollar challenge grant or should we just basically find money to fund the schools without silly little challenge grants 
and you can see my my position on that question. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Cameron. You're absolutely right. It's disgusting that how he uses this political process, this voting process, to fund his campaign. You know that really hurts uh, individuals like myself that that we're coming in from different uh, with 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 not the same financial means that he does because because of his. Uh, his friends with large companies like the Lennar um, Development Group and others, they can funnel a lot of money into it, into his campaign. And then he can then get uh, the, the 30 different mailers that he sends out every year to all the residents, at, you know, attacking the other candidates and then supporting him. It's a way for him to get around the c- campaign contributions of $440 limit that that we the other of us have to deal with and we all know that he was he was uh, in big part responsible for that limit why does he do that so that we can't get the kind of money that he has in order to uh, to get our name out there our, our name recognition which is huge that's one of the huge benefits for my my opponent Suki Kang he's got lots of money that 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 uh, that they can funnel in through these IEs. Would I like to overturn that? Yes, that'd be a, uh, that would be uh, something that I would look into uh, immediately. It would be a great great opportunity. In terms of helping the schools, I'm all for the measure. You know, this this is a simple. This but is, do we need a measure for that? Why can't I mean? I, that's what I don't understand. That's the disconnect I'm getting. Uh, I asked uh, last time uh, Shiva uh, Farvar, who's running uh, for city council. She's on the Agron slate. Why do we need a challenge grant? Why do, of course, everybody who lives in Irvine is here because of the schools. You don't need to ask the citizens again if they want more money thrown into the schools. So do we need a million-dollar challenge grant, or can we just give them a million dollars without having the voters reapprove what they already approve of? Like I said before, if we managed our resources right, if we had the right people in place, we could we could we could divert 5 to $30 million of the current budget for the schools. So do we need the measure? No. The money's in place. The, the, it's, it's existing there. So there's no new taxes, you know, no additional fees. The money is there. So do we need this? No. Why is it there? It's just for the reason that you stated. This is an opportunity, a means for Larry Agran, Suki King, and others that are part of his team in order to get money funneled into their campaign. What are your thoughts then on, and kind of going to something you touched on there, we both touched on uh, on the campaign finance. You mentioned that one of the ways that Larry keeps others down, like yourself, is by imposing a $440 limit for the incoming candidates. They don't have access to the large numbers of, of donors like he has, like you mentioned from Lennar and other trash companies, et cetera, et cetera, that funnel large mo- uh, amounts of money into his independent expenditures. Do you, and right now the county level is like 1700 would you be willing as, a, as an incoming mayor to open up uh, the campaign limit from 440 to maybe something more respectable like 1700 to give other candidates to make it competitive or will you do like most politicians and just go with the flow and what what you have because once you're in there you don't want to lose the power i mean what are your thoughts on that oh i'm all about fairness yes i would love to increase the campaign limit i believe in santa Ana, a poorer city than ours it's a thousand dollars uh you know i know there's some young 
young candidates for city council, Irvine City Council. I think the world of them, I like them to have a better chance so that they can raise money and, you know, be uh, involved in this process. If you're really not one of the front runners, your chances are so slim. And that's not that's not the American way. That's not the, the you know, the way... We, we, it's become the American way. I'm sorry, Christopher. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, the politicians get in there, they get the power, and then they stamp out the uh, the uh, competition by imposing laws like this, where we have campaign finance limit of 440. I've got another example for you. I think you know, uh, I think Larry proposed the pledge that that all candidates not put out their signs. Oh uh, yes. yeah, prior. Yeah, go ahead and talk know, about the that. Six, yeah. You know. Yeah, he asked for this pledge that we do not put out our signs, our political signs, uh, until within 60 days of the election date. And why does he do that? Because he's an incumbent, he's well known, he's got the large name recognition. Well, someone who's new and, 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 and you know, does not have the same recognition, it limits their opportunity for their name to get out to the public. So it's just, and then he does it with some kind of pretense that we're trying to keep the city streets clean and that, uh, you know, just make... Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a bunch of Larry Agron poppycock right there. That's, that's, uh, that's par for the course for Larry. All right, so uh, if you're just joining us, my guest today is Christopher Gonzalez. You're listening to the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson. Christopher is running for Irvine City Mayor. Um, if you've got a few more minutes, uh, talk to me about our rainy day fund because our rainy day fund now is depleted down to I want to say like seven point six million. It was up at to twenty three million before that, and I think it was up even higher before that. Uh, now we've we've siphoned money off of that to take care of programs like the ice shuttle, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know for sure, but I'm sure money has been siphoned off for the great park as well. Um, what are your thoughts on on bringing that back up to to par again would you use you talked earlier about the five to thirty million that you could cut in other places um would that money then be used to replenish that rainy day fund i think it's absolutely imperative that we we get back our uh, reserve budget all of us know that we need money for rainy days when we're doing our own bank accounts you know, we try to save money, try to put a little bit away. There's that little axiom that 10% of your income that you should stash away for hardships, uh, you know, some kind of medical necessity when the car breaks down. Well, that's the same with our city. In the past, we've always had a nice surplus, a nice fund. Well, within the last three years, uh, and two, as my opponent has been the mayor for, they have voted for this deficit budget. So at this point now... Uh, th this last year, they voted for $27 million to, to, be, uh, to be spent to balance the budget. So, the, so my opponent's going to say, yeah, we balanced the budget, but he pulled $27 million from our reserve budget. So next year, we will not have any surplus funds. They have used it. They have exhausted it. Just like the $230 million that they have wasted, wasted in, uh, for the Great Park. That's gone, folks. 230 million, okay? I'm not talking a couple couple hundred bucks here. 230 million at the Great Park of your money has been spent. It's not coming back, and they're not going to be able to build that park. And what do we got to show for it? We got a balloon, right? Every single day I see that balloon, and I get very upset. It drives me nuts. How in the world did they ever approve that? We also have a carousel. What are we going to do with a carousel that they're spending 
you know, tons of money to maintain. You know, I don't know. I, I don't get this thinking. But going, <laughs> going back to that budget, we are in really bad shape uh, next year. How are we going to fund this $27 million shortfall that we've got? Okay. You know, is the economy going to get better next year? Or is it going to be booming and we're going to have all kinds of, of uh, you know, new income, new reserve, new sales taxes coming in from the different businesses? I, I, don't, I don't hear anybody forecasting a booming economy next year. Okay. But, you know, and coming back to the Great Park, I know we've been all over the place, but I, these things are popping into my mind as we're, as we're talking about them. On the Great Park right now, the way it's set up is you've got the city council members are also on the Great Park board. And to my, if I'm correct, and I believe I am, they, they serve as the majority on the Great Park board. And you've got the chairman of the Great Park, who is, I think at this time, isn't he Larry? Larry's the chairman, right? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay, so um, that obviously is a big power play for Larry uh, because Larry then um, controls what happens not only in the city council but then what happens in the Great Park as well. Um, My question is the true test of whether or not a candidate is um, how far they are and how willing they are to cede power would you be willing then to as mayor find a way to reduce a the number of city council members that are on the great park board and b uh, sever and get a wall between the city council and the great park board as well yes good good question cameron you know like i was telling you i don't think they're going to be able to fund this park right and what i see happening is that that the park is going to have to be managed by the city. Uh, so I see that the city council is going to even have, you know, a bigger responsibility in the city staff. That's, that's where I see it heading. Uh, in terms of your, your potential, uh, you know, it, this, just, this is really troubling when the same people kind of control both boards. So I'm all about, you know... I mean, there's a, there's a distinct conflict of interest there that you've got the people who are running the city are also basically running the great park board so things can get muddy real quick where they already have gotten muddy right i mean we had the last grand jury report that came out that said things are muddy so and you had the 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 circular 134 million dollars that came out of city coffers and into great park coffers and back into city coffers and back out as a loan and the loan doesn't have to be uh, is going to be forgiven basically i mean it's a joke right so i mean there needs to be a wall, a firewall, whatever you want to call it, a lockbox between, uh, to quote Al Gore, uh, to, to, between the Great Park Board and the city council. Are you willing to do something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I, I want, you know, as a trustee, someone who's responsible for city assets, city resources, also someone who's responsible for working on the Great great park to see it develop and to be as fruitful as it can be there's a lot of things that we can do with that park to bring income and in and, and uh bring revenue to our area to our community to you know more activities uh different types of businesses there i've got some thoughts that you know break away from from larry but um we need to have it set up so that well you know like the bookkeeping is clear that there's separation of powers that that all of that is managed appropriately, and it's not now. That you know, whatever kind of fiduciary management system 
We need to set that up. And if that means separating city council from the Great Park, I'm all for it. Because I want it done right. I want the people to know that it's done right. And I want them to feel comfortable. That's why they should do something like this full audit that the majority and Suki Kang refuse to do. And what about the contamination that's rumored now to be occurring at the Great Park? Or not occurring, but is there. And we're having a lot of uh, hiding behind attorney-client work privilege and a lot of uh, innu- uh, not innuendo, but there's a lot of... People saying, well, they violated the Brown Act. They didn't violate the Brown Act, which is, talks about openness at city council meetings and what they should and should not reveal uh, at council meetings. Where are you at on this? I mean, is this, if there is, in fact, contamination, which I fully, I, I know for a fact, I've talked to, uh, uh, I've talked to one person who I know is in the know that, uh, that's not on the city council but has intimate knowledge about these things. I know for a fact it is contaminated up there. I know the water table is contaminated up there. If this stuff comes, if you become mayor, is this stuff that you will go ahead and say, you know what, in the best interest of the public, this needs, you know, sorry if the Great Park is going to suffer for this, we need to let the public know. Is that something you're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about openness. I keep saying this. This is part of the secrecy that the mayor, Suki King, and Larry Agron and, and the team refused to do, right? He promised, Larry promised that he would have a, you know, have those runways broken up, and that, but my 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 understanding is one of the reasons why he does not want that broken up is because the contamination under those runways is so great. Oh, see, now I never heard that before. Really? Yes, and I've also heard that uh, you know they're doing some, they're paying some individuals to raise crops there. It kind of brings a safety concern because they're raising crops near a contaminated <laughs> a Superfund exactly. site. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, and they're selling that to Irvine residents. You know. What kind actually, of management? Actually, I think they're going to give it to the homeless people, and you know who the hell cares about them, right? I'm kidding, right? It's a yeah, joke, but yeah. that, that's—I mean—I think that's the mentality. I, I really do. I don't think they care. I mean, you know, obviously, it doesn't matter who they're dealing with—homeless or or the Irvine residents. How can you allow that? I, you know, I get so upset. The Irvine residents—we should be outraged at these decisions. Do you think Irvine residents are outraged? No, they don't. Because, you know, on the surface, Irvine is, you know, serene. We've got the green parks. Uh, you know, it's a pretty... The nice, wide roads. Nice, wide roads, right? <laughs> Lots of greenery, the trees. Uh, we've got, you know, the great schools, UCI, uh, you know, and people are happy there. You know, it's been a great community. The, you know... Thank God for the Irvine Company uh, and for, for, for many reasons because they helped plan it out. They've always ensured that we've had our schools in place before, before the, you know, the community members moved in. Um, they've you know, had a big part in shaping this city. And then we've had great leadership you know, right up through the 90s. You know, people like Christina Shea, um, uh, you know, David Sills, I remember. Th- those... those those conservative views that have guided the city have made it a great city with the great schools and the, you know, the great comforts. And we've been very blessed. If you're just joining us, my guest today is Christopher Gonzalez. He's running for Irvine city mayor. You're listening to the OC show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am your faithful host, Cameron Jackson. You got time for just a couple more? Oh, yes. All right, good. Thank you, Cameron. Um, So on the issue of low-income housing, I had Christina Shea and um, Stephen Choi in here 
Oh, it's been a it's been a while. It was last year sometime or the year before, and we were talking in depth about among many things, but we were talking about how the Board of Governors uh, want to impose a very draconian limit uh, on low-income housing here. And essentially they're saying that we need something like 50,000 low-income units, and uh, proportionally speaking, it's way out of whack with what other cities have had to come up with for their low-income housing. And frankly, it's not that I'm opposed to low-income housing as much as the way Irvine does it is very smart. They have their housing units uh, for everybody else, and then they sprinkle a little bit of low-income housings within those areas so that you don't have ghettos, right? Because we don't, that's why Irvine, see, that's one of the things that drives me nuts is the police department takes a lot of credit for the fact that we have the lowest crime in the in the nation or the second lowest crime in the nation but it's kind of misleading because when you don't have ghettos you don't have crime right so i mean they do a good job but it's not all like you know they're not all the reason why but we want to preserve that in irvine so what's your what are your thoughts on that and 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 battling that because i think that's something that we're going to have to battle for many years here in irvine yeah i am uh, i'm very concerned about you know projects you know we we've seen the effects of uh of these communities that develop at the same time we've got to be careful and sensitive that we don't um you know ignore the the low you know the need for housing for folks that's one of the things that i think they made a big mistake at the great park because when when they inherited that land there was a lot of good housing on the base i remember i i served in the military for many years I was a, a first lieutenant in the United States Army, MP. I used to recruit here at UC Irvine for the ROTC program. And so, you know, I used to go on the base to get my haircuts. I used to love to say I could, you know, for five bucks, uh, I would get a haircut and, and the barber would be happy because I gave him such a big tip. And then, uh, you know, I used to go running where the where the different runways are. And I used to love it because planes would be flying overhead and helicopters would be overhead. And I kind of, it felt like I was in actual combat or something like that. So it was awesome. I love going on the base and right across from where I used to run was the housing that it was, there was the, they, they had housing for the enlisted people. And then in the back up on the hill, they had it for the non-commissioned officers and the officers, the higher up the hill, the nicer, the housing and bigger housing and all that. Well, that, there was a lot of good housing there. And, um, what, you know, what they did was they basically demolished that housing. They should have, they should have rented that out. That could have been income earnings that we could have used in the city, or they, they could have used that to help uh, with some of the homeless needs. There was a lot of things that we could have done with that. But what did the, the mismanagement by the majority, by, you know, Suki Kang, has led to, again, wasting our resources that, you know, and uh, dealing with these very important social issues. They ignore that. And so uh, I'm very disappointed in that, and that's something that I would have done differently. Christopher, why don't you give me then uh, and kind of rehash for us what, what your top three priorities for the city are if you get elected. Okay. The, well, you know, the first thing is get the management of our city under control. All right. Get somebody who cares about the city. I don't care about Lennar. All right. I don't care about these contracts, uh, these friends of Larry Agron who's getting all this money. I only care about what's right for this city because I am a benefactor of this city. 30 years here I have lived every single day. When I went to UCLA Law and where I, you know, studied 
all these issues. I used to be a poverty law uh, expert and also um, some, of the, some of these other concerns. I remember people saying, well, how can you live in Orange County? How can you be sensitive to these needs and, and live beyond the orange curtain? And uh, I would tell them, I love the orange curtain. I, be, I can't wait to go back because uh, that is my home. That's where I'm comfortable because uh, every, you know, every time I pull into Irvine, it's, it's green, it's friendly, the people are wonderful, you meet the best people. I've been a long-term, uh, long-time uh, parishioner at St. John Newman Catholic Church and then also at St. Thomas More and, um, you know, taught, taught religion and all that and just been out in the community. I was a, I was a, a board member for the Friends of, of the UCI Library here. Uh, I, I was the first, first volunteer for the UCI uh, attorney panel where we give free advice to students with legal issues. Uh, I've tried to be involved with the formation of the UCI, UCI Law School. I bet if it was in place when I was here, I might have chosen to come here. You know, I love this city. And uh, so what I want to do is since, you know, since, uh, uh, since the city's in great need, I'm willing to sacrifice, uh, you know, my life, my efforts, and my practice. I'm a very very busy, successful attorney running my own practice. But my city needs me. And I've always been a person about service. When I signed that contract with the United States Army, that I would be a first lieutenant officer in the United States, United States Army, I was sacrificing everything I got. I was going to put my life on the line, write that blank check for the good of Irvine, for the good of my state, good of my country. And uh, I would ask, has my opponent ever made a sacrifice like that? And I, you know, and I applaud all those that have. I know one of the other city council uh, candidates has done that. He served in, in, in Iraq. I'm very proud of him. I'm, I'm very honored by him. And, and that's the kind of people we need. That's the kind of person I am. Uh, now I'm willing to sacrifice some of my practice so that I can come here and clean up this mess. We've got giant issues in front of the city. This is the time for change. This is the time for outrage. This is the time to get Larry Agron and his majority out of Irvine. Go home, retire. Larry, it, you've, you've done your time. Let, we need some fresh blood, new blood, to make this city a better city. Okay? That's my theme for my campaign. I am the best candidate for a better Irvine. I am I've got more talents, I've got more skills, I've got more heart, I've got more uh, ties to the city than Suki Kang ever will. 30 years here, okay, I have done everything here. First job, you see here, you know, was at Irvine Ace Hardware. My practice was here. Uh, I used to have a little office by the Spectrum. I was a member of the Irvine Chamber of Commerce. I, you know, I keep, in, keep my ties here with UCI. Friends of the Auxiliary Board. I work for local agencies for pregnancy centers. I do a lot of uh, work with Birth Choice and, and Mary Shelter. Those things are dear to my heart. This is my home, and I'm seeing my home getting destroyed. I see, like, see it being infested like with termites. We've got this, this underlying darkness, a cloud over our heads. We need to get rid of it. That's why you've got to vote for Christopher Gonzalez, 
Jeff Lalloway and Lynn Schott immediately. Go to my website, gonzalesformayor.com. Check me out. If you can make a contribution, I would love that. If you want me to come visit you and speak with you, I'm there. But we need to make a change, and we can't wait. And it's so frustrating that these people have been in power for so long. And uh, I'm even going back, you know, Larry's had his trio that has controlled this city far too long. So please vote him out. All right. You have been one of the most impassioned uh, uh, candidates I think I've had on here ever. So, uh, Christopher, that you answered uh, what I think we got through one thing there, the, the management. Uh, do you have two other things that you would uh, do if you got uh, elected here? Yes, the schools. We have to get money to those schools. $20 million deficit. I love Carolyn McInerney. She's such a great trustee for the schools. Uh, uh, we need to work with the school board as close as we can. The city's got to help. No more talk. They need to help. We need to get them. We need to get them a lot of money. Uh, you know, five to thirty million is available. Let's do it. Let's not wait. Also, I I ran for office in two thousand as a city council member, and I made a pledge back in two thousand that if if you needed an advocate for the schools, I would I would step up. That is a main you know concern of mine. We need to take care of that. Um, so that's two. Now what's number three? Okay. The third thing is to continue our public safety. You know, we we need to we're expanding on the on the north side of the city. The police department needs another they need another police station over there. I'd love to see that. They've also had some issues where they're they're um some of their newer police officers are uh you know, they haven't had a pay raise in three or four years. We have to look at that. Also, um their numbers, you know, are, you know, do you know how many police officers are on duty on a typical shift? I think it's somewhere in the realm of like six to ten, somewhere in there. It's not very many. It's very, yeah, it's, it's generally somewhere between nine and I think nine and 15. Oh. And if there's vacations, if there's, um, you know, time off requests, sickness or something, it's very low. That's nine officers for the whole city of Irvine, which is huge. We know how big it is, right? Well, now we're going to add all these other new residents, and this drives me crazy because they're going to put, they, Larry and his, his, and Suki Kang and his group want to put a bunch of high-density homes in North Irvine, and, you know, the demands for our, our public safety, for our fire, and for, uh, for the police department has just increased, okay? So we need to make sure that that funding is there for the, all the resources that they need. And I know they would like to see uh, some increases in that. So those are my, my, my three top issues. Outstanding. Well, you said it already, but I'll give you a chance to plug it again. Is there a way that the public can get in touch with you? Absolutely, yes. Thank you, Cameron. And it's been a real pleasure uh, spending time with you. And thank you for this opportunity because um, I need to get my name out, you know. Uh, a lot of people know me because I've been a, quite a servant for 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 you know for the city. Uh, but my website is the best place to to get to know me better, and that's GonzalezforMayor.com. GonzalezforMayor. And is that a Z or an S on the end of Gonzalez? That's an S at the end. S at the end. All right, you got to know that. GonzalezforMayor.com. Now, uh, are, do you have any appearances that are coming up? We, we do have. I have a big party planning uh on october 10th uh hosted by some of my great friends if you like to attend that and learn more about us go to gonzalez.com 
uh, we get, we'll get you an invite. Also, this Monday, we're going to meet with John Campbell. With Jeff Walloway's got an event that I'm, I'm going to join him with. Jeff has been very generous uh, in supporting me. Uh, you need to vote for Jeff Lalloway and Lynn Schott, okay, and Chris Gonzalez, because we need to make a change. T- the time has come, and we're going we're gonna to have a fundraiser with Jeff Lalloway. We're going to be walking the streets tomorrow. We're going to be in Deerfield. If you like to see and meet us, just stop by, you know, wave at us. You'll see us. We're out there, and if you, w- if you want us to come to your house or if you want me to come to your house, I'll come anywhere. I'll come to your church group. I'll come to the school. Just uh, just contact me at gonzalesformayor.com. We're, we're there any time of the day, early morning, late night. It doesn't matter because we're here to inform the public, make a change, and make this a better place. Gonzalez, Christopher Gonzalez, the best candidate for a better Irvine. Outstanding. Very impassioned. I like that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, I think uh I think that's about it. So I want to I want to thank you very much Christopher for for coming on the show today. It was uh it was it was very nice to have you here. I I enjoyed your enthusiasm and I hope that if you get elected that you will continue that enthusiasm and uh especially the transparency part. So yeah. I hope for that. Thank you. Real pleasure to be here. Great. God Thank bless you. you all. God bless you too. So there you have it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's just one of those days here. I don't have much more to talk about, and uh, Christopher and I had plenty to talk about. So just remember that, um, you know, I'm here every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the greatest radio station in all of Orange County, maybe even the world. Uh, and this is certainly the greatest radio show in all of Orange County by far. Heads and up. So, uh, come back next week. I'll have more to talk about, more guests, more good stuff. It's the election cycle, baby, so it's heating up here at the OC Show. I will see you all again next week, 5 to 6 p.m. See you later.